Hello and welcome to the 13th episode of the Football South Coast Weekly and it was the first round of finals in both the Illawarra Mercury Premier League and the People Care District League. Starting with the Illawarra Premier League and in the qualifying final, Wollongong United picked up their third victory against Bulleye this season with a 3-2 win. However, it was Bulleye who opened the scoring when Dylan Lewis fired the side ahead before Billy Savolos restored parity just before the break. Jeremy Flanagan put United into the lead just after the hour mark, and Andre Diaz added a third a few minutes later. After this, Lewis secured his brace, pulling a goal back for Bulleye, but United held on to secure the win. In the elimination final, Tarawana and Albion Park went all the way to penalties after a one-all draw, with Brody Page putting the Blueies into the lead midway through the first half, before the White Eagles equalised in the 69th minute through Joel Beatty. Nick Armand was the hero of the shootout, saving Ben Learmont's penalty to secure Albion Park's place in the semi-finals. In the Illawarra District League, the qualifying finals saw Picton defeat Unidera 3-2 in what was the Hearts' second defeat in a row and the Rangers' first win in three matches. The Bushpigs stormed into a two-goal advantage with Lachlan Newman and Jared Morley scoring in the 17th and 20th minute respectively before the Hearts halved the deficit late in the first half when Joel Perry scored. From the kickoff of the second period, Mitchell Hall restored the Rangers' two-goal buffer before a few minutes later when Mark Picciolini pulled another goal back for Unandera, which proved nothing more than a consolation for the side. I spoke with Picton coach Ben Ralph post-match to get his thoughts on the victory. So you have come away with uh, win in this one here against Unandera. You were on a bit of a, a slump of form heading into this one. How positive of a result is this against the Unandera side that have had such a level of quality this season? Yeah, that, that's pretty big for us. So it's very important to sort of get back on the wagon and, and start winning games again. Uh, it's good. We've, we've nearly got a full, full strength team back, so uh, very positive. And just looking at the performance in itself, you know, you've, you've scored three goals against Unandera only con- and only conceded two uh, against Unandera side that have scored so many goals. Were you pleased with the performance overall? Yeah, very, very pleased. To be honest, I don't think we scored a goal in the last four games, so for us that's massive. In the elimination final, Fernhill prevailed on penalties after a 2 all stalemate with Helensburg. Will Roberts opened the scoring for the Foxes at the hour mark before a few minutes later a quick-fire thistle double from Luke Miller and Ben Watts saw Fernhill trailing heading into the final moments of the game. A dramatic late equaliser from Kurt Folger saw the game head to extra time and eventually penalties where Folger again was the hero for the Foxes converting the winning penalty. Nathan Turner caught up with Fernhill coach Dale White after the game. Here's what he had to say. So Dale, what a result, hey, apart from last week where you outside chance to make the finals and now your second week of finals, how does it feel? Oh, it's unbelievable, mate. Uh, can't speak highly enough for the lads today, you know, down 2-1, 90, what, fifth minute, uh, to find that goal and to push on. Uh, we had 11 wounded bodies out there, we, it's just a uh, testament to them boys. Uh, and yeah, week two of the finals when we will sit in eighth last week, it's, it's incredible. And uh, obviously that last-minute goal uh, off the corner, what was going through your mind when, when he's won it? Oh, mate, oh, well, to get back even, yeah. I just, uh, you know, I sent everyone forward, sent the keeper. There's, you know, they got a breakaway in one three one. didn't worry me, we needed that goal. And, you know, Kirst, I don't think he's got one all year, but, you know, he's so tall, he won that header and, yeah, it was uh, almost past out, I think. <laughs> and as a coach, first uh, time coaching a penalty shootout, um, obviously uh, very... 
sort of stressful for you. Yeah. Did you have a plan for that as well? Oh, I did. Oh, we, we were wounded, so we never we kind of shut up shop a little bit towards the back end of the uh, extra time. Um, Helensburg probably had a bit of running on us, but I, uh, I was super confident going into the penalty shootout with the guys I still had there. Composure. They've been in big games before. Um, yeah, and I backed my keeper in. So we've got the result on to next week. Um, looking forward to it. I'm not too sure who we play, but we'll go again. Unidero next week. Okay. So, um, right. yeah, how do you sort of leading towards that after beating them last week as well? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're going to be a different team last week. I think we got them on the hop last week, even though they were playing for the league title. Uh, their quality, Mark Piccolini up front, you know, he's banged 20 in, you know, he, he's not very quiet often. So, um, yeah, we've got to nullify him, and um, they've got plenty of other threats as well. So, I'm uh, looking forward to it. we get got a home semi. How's that for luck? Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll just ride on the wave, mate. No one's expecting anything from Fernhill. We'll just make it up the numbers, mate. We will now move on to a preview of this week's matches across both competitions with Nathan Turner joining me once again. And we will begin by discussing the first of two semi-finals in the Illawarra Mercury Premier League, Bulleye against Albion Park at Wetherill Park. So the sides did meet once this season in the final uh, day of the regular season, and it was a one-all draw between the two sides. Uh, looking at their form in the final series so far, uh, Bulleye did go down at 3-2 to Wollongong United. Uh, Dylan Lewis did score a brace for the side, but it wasn't enough, and that was the third time that Bulleye have, in fact, lost to Wollongong United this season. Nathan, what do you think we're going to see from Bulleye here in this game against Albion Park? I mean, they're definitely going to come out firing, I know that's for sure. Um, no one likes to lose that first game, and... and you know, fall back on, on this game against the, the team that's won last week. So, you know, massive potential for uh, Abbey Park to sort of do do it over Bullard. But, yeah, Bullard are going to come out firing. Um, yeah, as you said, Dylan Lewis brace very sort of clinical in front of goal when he when he gets the chance. And, and yeah, last time they versed, which just was only two weeks ago, uh, Ben McDonald got on the score sheet as well. So um, they're going to be looking at those two men to sort of get them out outlets as well going forward. Um, so, yeah, it should be an interesting contest. And looking at their opponents, Albion Park White Eagles, in this one, they did have that one-all draw with Tarawana, although they did go on to win the game 8-7 on penalties. Nick Armand, their goalkeeper, put in a sensational performance, made several crucial uh, saves throughout, and, of course, made the vital save in the shootout. The only save of the whole thing, uh, saving Ben Learmont's penalty. Nathan, what have you made of Albion Park so far? Because, you know, we've mentioned that their form towards the end of the season after an inconsistent start has really picked up. Would you perhaps say that they have a bit of momentum heading into this game? Oh, 100%. Um, I feel like, yeah, they're riding that momentum and morale from those last few games of the seasons where they where they did pick up a few wins and, and a few draws against top sides in, you know, both Wollongong United and Buller. And they, they haven't lost since uh, round four as well. So, um, you know, morale's very high in the Albion Park camp as well. Um, they have drawn the last three games, all in one all draws, but obviously... Uh, their their finals game against Taiwan did go to penalties and they had the composure and the, the quality to, to get past the Blueies and the penalty shootout as well. So, um, yeah, I believe they can do a job against Bulleye, but again, Bulleye are very good on their day. So, uh, you know, it could swing either way in this one. And both these sides ha have certainly shown that they can score goals as well. Bulleye scoring 29 and Albion Park uh, scoring 21. Do you think we're in for a high-scoring affair in this one? You know, I believe they might cancel each other out. I don't know. We just spoke about them playing a couple of weeks ago, and it was only, you know, two goals in it. Given that both their clinical goal scorers and, you know, top men scored, which was Cameron Morgan and Ben McDonald, they were uh, 
you know, shut out for majority of the game there. They did only get one each. So I believe it's going to be a low scoring, close contest and, you know, may even end level and have to decide on, you know, extra time or even penalties. Well, yeah, I mean, both these sides did have five draws uh, in the regular season. Albion Park, I guess you could say, drew their game against Tarawana as well before prevailing on penalties. Uh, I mean, what is your prediction heading into this game? Yeah, look, it's definitely a tough one. I know, as we said, Bula would want to, bounce back after that loss to Wollongong United, you know, potentially meet them again. And, and Albion Park are you know, sort of riding their form from the end of the season. So I think I might pick the White Eagles in this one, Tim. So just um, going on from the elimination semi, they've, they've played in one obviously last week and I reckon they're, they're going to be able to get it done again this weekend. Yeah, I think I'm going to say uh, boy for this one, actually. I just feel that the disappointment of that United result uh, and the fact that they do have a lot of quality in this side, I think they're just going to show it in this game here uh, against the White Eagles. Looking at the other semi-final, uh, Wanuna against Wollongong United at Macedonia Park. Now, of course, it was very tight at the top of the regular season between these two sides, separated by just one goal differential. Of course, Wanuna prevailing in that one. However, when the sides did meet in round three, it was in fact Wollongong United who got up 1-0 in that one but just focusing in on the Sharks here uh, that that loss to Wollongong United was the only time that the side had in fact failed to to score in a game and of course they didn't play last week I mean Nathan what do you make of Winuna here obviously having the week off that'll probably be a bit of an advantage for them do you think? You know, I, I don't think it's really a, an advantage for Winuna, Tim. I, I think that the week off sort of makes you slow down on your momentum. And, and I know Winuna would want to continue on theirs from the end of the season after those, you know, last couple of wins to, to finish the year. They failed to score in that one game against Wollongong United back in round three. And that was actually their last loss. So, um, yeah, it's a big sort of dip in the road uh, for the Sharks having that, that week off. For, for me, I think. But, I mean, you win the comp, so I don't think they really care. When you know, and they still got that second chance after this game if they do lose. But then again, if they do win, they go straight to the grand final. So that's obviously the very big advantage to having that week off after finishing first. And, of course, their opponents, Wollongong United, didn't have that week off. However, they did win 3-2 uh, against Bulai. And um, I, I think it's, it's really interesting, the fact that they were only one of two sides to beat Winuna in the league this season. Do you think they see that as a huge advantage heading into this game? Of course, we spoke about uh, perhaps that that being also a reality uh, when they played Bulleye, of course, having beaten Bulleye on, on all occasions heading into that game. They've obviously prevailed in the, uh, in the qualifying final there. Do you think that that will be seen as an advantage for United? Well, yes and no, Tim. I know that they're going to go into it knowing that they can beat the Sharks and they're going to get want to get revenge from last week, obviously stealing the title from them. But... Then again, that game that they won over Wanuna, uh, Wanuna never gave up in that game and, and they probably could have snatched a draw or possibly even a win and, and Wollongong United sort of did well to, to shut them out there. So they got to be careful because the Sharks can sort of, you know, turn up on the day and, and they can score goals, as we mentioned. And, and we also mentioned that Wollongong United um, score goals constantly as well. There hasn't been one game this season where they've been kept scoreless and but we also talk about sort of their, their leaky defence recently. Um, they have conceded in every game since round six. So um, after four clean sheets as well. So, you know, attack, attacking is really good for United at the moment. A bit leaky in defence. But then again, Winuna, um, they're not renowned for scoring lots of goals. They just score when they need to. And they sort of shut out teams from there. So it should be a very interesting game on this weekend. Yeah. And what are you going to say for a, a result in this one? 
Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna back up my decision to say that the week off is a bit of a disadvantage to side. So I might I might pick Wollongong United here. I think I'll say Wanuna to pick up the the win in this one. I just feel that that the momentum from that league championship victory will just continue on uh, into this game here. And I just think that United, you know, defensively, perhaps, of course, they have played some really difficult teams, playing Bulleye, who, who are the top scorers in the division uh, last week and conceding two there, which, you know, you, you would say is sort of understandable considering that the attacking might of Bulleye. But I just feel here that Wanuna, the momentum from that league championship victory and the fact that they're going to want to, to pick up a result considering what happened in round three. That should be enough to get them over the line here. And that concludes the preview for the semifinals of the Illawarra Mercury Premier League. Nathan and I will both discuss the District League next. And the first semifinal that we will discuss in the People Care District League, Unandera against Fern Hill at Ray Robinson Field. So Unandera, they did go down 3-2 to Picton in the qualifying final last week. And it was just the third time that the side had lost in the league this year, although Joel Perry and Mark Picciolini did get on the score sheet for the side. However, that does make it back-to-back defeats for the Hearts. Uh, and one of those defeats was, in fact, to Fern Hill, their opponents in this one. Uh, Nathan, what, how do you think that Unandera are going to approach this game? Because they are on a bit of a slump of form at the moment and considering the side was so fluidly scoring goals before they did play Fernhill on the last day of the season do you think that might be a concern for them heading into this one yeah it's definitely going to be on their mind um i mean they've they've lost the same amount of games in the last two weeks than they did for the first 10 weeks of the season um even failing to score against the foxes last time out which was as you said just two weeks ago in the last round of the season yeah it's a big concern for them because before that they they scored um, over you know 28 goals in the last six games or something like that, which is which is an incredible feat sort of attackingly as well. So they're def- they're definitely going to be thinking about that. But I mean they did have the quality to sort of stick into the game against Picton. I know they went down two nil um, in inside the first half. So they 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 clawed their way back and, and got within touching distance, but just ultimately fell short. But then again, that's sort of the benefit of finishing second that you get that second chance to to play a lower uh, team in the in the top five and, and that's what they get here against the Foxes, which is sort of like a time to avenge themselves from that loss a couple of weeks ago and, and set them up for a, potentially set them up for, for revenge for losing to the Foxes just two weeks ago. And when we did preview this game on the last uh, round of the season, we did say that Fernhill had conceded the most goals in the, in the division going up against Unandera side that had scored the most goals in the division. However, Fernhill did shut them out with a 2-0, a 2-0 win there, keeping a clean sheet against a Unandera side that had been scoring so prolifically. I mean, you were at uh, Elizabeth Park on, on Saturday. How do you think the Foxes fared in that game? And do you think they'll be heading into this one with a lot of confidence considering the clean sheet that they did keep against the Hearts in the final round? Yeah, what a contest. Uh, Elizabeth Park last weekend against Helensburg. I mean... Scoring a 95th minute equaliser is always always probably what you want as a as a team as a coach, especially in an elimination final. And they they kept themselves in it, and that set them up for a win in in the penalty shootout. But I just want to talk about the improvement that that Fernhill have had since the start of the season because they did play Helensburg in, in round two, where they went down seven two. So you know to come back up and and to keep them to two all and then and then do the job in penalties is pretty impressive after that their start. Um, and I spoke with, I did speak with rookie coach uh, Dale White as well, and he was sort of over the moon about the results. So, yeah, and he mentioned that sort of before going into last weekend, they were sitting in eighth, and then 
they didn't even think they were going to play finals and look here they are in the second week of finals now. So it's pretty impressive sort of improvement from the start of the year and especially, you know, capping off that was that win against Unidera and then backing it up with that win against Helensburg as well. So promising signs to come for Fernie Hill as well. Do you think that that momentum will carry them through here against Unidera? You know, I, I believe it will, Tim. I'll, I'll tip the Foxes in this one. I feel like, you know, as we said, morale and momentum is pretty high in the Foxes camp. They're all sort of playing for each other's back and, and, and it's a very sort of good vibe around around the ground there too. So, yeah, I'm going to pick the Foxes for a win in this one. I think I'll say the Hearts in this one, actually. I just feel that off the back of that disappointing defeat to Picton and the fact that they did lose uh, 2-0 to Fernhill on the on the final day, I think they're just going to want to turn that, that form around. And especially considering that we know they are a side that has a lot of quality in it. They were, they were in the title race or the league championship race right to the last day uh, before that defeat to Fernhill. So we know that there certainly is a lot of quality within the heart side. And I just feel here that they're going to show that quality and get the job done. And in the other semi-final clash in the People Care District League, Oak Flats will take on Picton at King Mickey Park. So when the sides did meet in round 10, Oak Flats did get up with a resounding 4-0 victory against the Rangers. And just looking at the Falcons' form, it's been really, really good from them. Uh, conceding just one goal in the last six games, as well as keeping three clean sheets in a row. And they do go up the, against the lowest scorers left in the competition in the Rangers. However, the Rangers did get back to, to positive form, picking up that win against Unandera. So, Nathan, do you feel that Oak Flats here, even though they did have that week off, do you think that they come into this one in great form? Yeah, 100%. I mean, even though you miss a week, you're still riding that form from the end of the season. They haven't lost a game since that, you know, round three defeat to Shell Cove. And that was their only game that they had lost for the season. So, you know, very promising signs for Oak Flats into this uh, final series. And as you mentioned, Tim, they are very sort of solid at the back. Um, three clean sheets in a row, five in their last six. So they're not going to concede sort of cheap and, and unlucky goals for them. They're, they're going to be sort of quality at the back. And, and they also have the quality up top as well, scoring, you know, a decent amount of goals in their last few games. I believe it's, uh, what, 17 goals in their last five games, which is pretty impressive heading into the finals. And I know we did speak about their form at the start of the year, not being able to score goals against teams, not being able to shut out teams where they win a few 2-1 victories here and there around the start of the season. And they've really picked up since then. So, you know, Oak Flats are another side that have improved a lot given the circumstances, just like Fern Hill. So, um, yeah, definitely a very quality side heading into this game and into the final series. And just looking at the Rangers in this one, they did win their first game for four games with a 3-2 win over Unandera. And I was at uh, Unandera Oval and I was really impressed with Picton. I thought that they were defensively really solid uh, throughout the game. There was a real commitment to, to staying solid at the back and not exposing themselves against the Unendera side that, that can be so free-scoring at times. And I think it's also important to mention as well, before this game against Unendera, they hadn't scored in their previous uh, three games. And so to pick up three goals here against a Unendera side that did finish second, I think that was a, a huge confidence booster for them uh, heading into a game here against an Oak Flat side that have been so impressive so far. Uh, what have you made of the Rangers though, Nathan? Yeah, massive confidence boost for him, um, I think. I mean, three goals against second place is, is pretty impressive. And, and if you're going up against top spot as well, only conceding seven goals throughout the whole season, you, you want to be sort of improving your attack going into it as well. So, but yeah, it was a very good time for, for Picton to sort of pick up a result and score some goals because we sort of 
did speak about their form heading into the into the finals after that one 0 loss to eleventh place Balkany in the last game of the season. But to sort of back that up with a three two win over Unidad, it was it was pretty impressive. And I've seen them play a couple times this year, and and when they do sort of get going, they've got this sort of free flowing attack to them, and they can just just do whatever they like. And, and it's really pleasing to watch. It's very um, sort of innovative and, and, and creative as well. So um, if they can do that a couple of times against Oak Flats and, and, you know, keep it tight at the back, they're in a real good chance of, you know, getting a result in this game. Yeah, I think I'll say Oak Flats to pick up uh, the victory in this one. I just feel that the positive form that they do come into this game with and just the, the really, really good form and the positive performances that they showed especially towards the end of the season. I just think that momentum here uh, against the Picton side, of course, who, who have started to pick up a little bit of momentum with that victory against Unidera. But it was only uh, a few weeks ago that, that Oak Flats did run over Picton 4-0. So I just feel here that the Falcons will be able to get the job done. Yeah, I might pick an upset in this one, Tim. Um, I might go to the Rangers. So, you know, back on back on track with their form as well after that 3-2 win over Unidera and picking up those goals as well heading into this one's a big confidence boost as we mentioned and they're going to be very eventual after that 4-0 loss just a few weeks ago so I think they're going to come out firing and we're going to see a completely different Picton side to what ended the season just a few weeks ago. And that concludes the preview for the semi-finals of the People Care Dish League. Nathan and I will now discuss the Grange Women's Division 1 semi-finals. The first game that we will discuss, Albion Park against the Rule at Ian McLennan Park on Sunday. Uh, the earlier kickoff of two semi-finals in the Women's Division 1. Uh, so looking at the, the previous meetings between the two sides, in Round 7 there was a 2 all draw uh, between Thrill and Albion Park. In Round 13, however, Thrill were awarded the 3-0 victory uh, due to Albion Park uh, using ineligible players. Nathan, looking at Albion Park specifically here, of course, they were confirmed as the league champions with that 10-1 win over Fernhill, having a better head-to-head than University, who did finish on the same points. They have lost on just two occasions, and one of those was that that forfeit against the rule. Uh, What have you made of Albion Park this year? Because they've been such a successful side uh, throughout the years, and they've continued that success here, perhaps not by the same margin, in previous years, but it's still been pretty successful so far from them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, solid as always, Albion Park. Um, they've been a powerhouse in the competition for the last three seasons, and it shows with how many grand finals and titles they have won. And, and obviously, you mentioned this has been the closest, and that's not because they've uh, you know, slacked off a little bit this year. I believe you know the competition's better in, in university. And yeah, that you did mention that they, their 2-0 win um, just a few weeks ago in round 12 over uni actually made them win the title because they were level... Uh, on points and it, the women's competition doesn't go on goal difference it goes on head-to-head so they still then take out the title which sets up you know this game against fourth place to rule uh, on the weekend but in, in terms of the games lost um, obviously that one against the rule which was, is a forfeit so you, you can't you can count that but sort of not not really um, and then early in the season was a 2-1 defeat to Winuna. Um, and I was at that game and it was a pretty sort of one-sided affair. And Winuna um, sort of were very resilient in that one too. So, um, yeah, it's still very solid Albion Park heading into this final series. And I did watch Albion Park in that 2-0 win against University uh, at Ian McLennan Park. And they were really impressive throughout the game. And there was a real commitment to, to trying to play positive football. Uh, and I felt they really dominated the game in large parts there. And I, and I think 
perhaps that sets them up really well, taking on this the rule side that perhaps isn't in the best of form heading heading into this one. Just two wins in, in their last five games. And in those five games, three of those have been scoreless defeats. And one of the victories of the two wins was the, the forfeit against Albion Park. Nathan, what do you make of the rule in, in this game here? Because it's obviously a very difficult challenge uh, against Albion Park, but they did have that two-all draw earlier on in the season. Yeah, I believe the rule is sort of just flying under the radar, I believe. Uh, no one really talked about them being sort of near the top of the table. It was always all about Albion Park and University and Winuna was sort of thrown in there as well. But the rule have kept their pace with the, with the top of the uh, the league leaders in, in the women's competition. And they were leading it, I believe, after the first nine games where they were, they were undefeated, including um, a two-or draw to uh, Albion Park and also a draw with University as well. So they were picking up results against some solid sides in the competition before. Yeah, maybe this form slumped off towards the end of the season, but um, they're still sort of a force to be reckoned with through all. I feel like they're going to be flying under the radar and could cause an upset uh, going into this final series. But yeah, their form's sort of going against them, uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, we do often see uh, sort of sides when they go into the final series with poor form, they, they, they do turn it around in the final series, but it's a completely different game uh, when you're playing in, in, in finals football, when it's knockout football. So, you know, whether that, that might provide a different attitude and, and they may come out and sort of really challenge Albion Park. Uh, but, but do you think the Thunderbirds will get up in this one? Look, as I said, I really like an underdog and, and they can get the job done, but I believe just the quality and... Uh, of attack in the Albion Park side and just on their, you know, recent recent years, recent results, um, quality players up front in Brittany Ring. She's been standout again this season. I feel like they'll get the job done this weekend. I think I'll say Thrall to to pick up the win in this one. I know it is a bit of an upset, but I think Thrall have shown at times on, on occasions they can certainly produce uh, standout performances and they of course did have that that good run at the start of the season and, and perhaps if they're able to rekindle that kind of form here there's no reason they can't go and beat Albion Park but of course Albion Park do come into it off the back of the momentum of being league champions and the positive form throughout the year so it'll be a very interesting clash on Sunday but I will be backing the Thunderbirds here. And looking at the other semi-final on Sunday, a later kickoff at Ian McKinnon Park, 4pm, uh, University against Wanuna. So looking at the previous times that these sides have met this season, University did pick up a 2-0 win over Wanuna before Wanuna uh, got up 2-1 at Ocean Park against University. But just looking at the Unicorns in this one, they've only lost once in their last six games. And interestingly, they've scored 14 goals in their past two games. Nathan, in terms of university this season, we mentioned it's been a lot closer uh, to Albion Park this year. Do you think this could potentially be the year where they do go and put a real challenge in, in the grand final and perhaps even go and win it? Yeah, it's definitely a possibility, Tim. We talked about how strong and dominant Albion Park have been over the last few seasons. And the last two grand finals have been, you know, university coming runners-up in the grand final. So they, they're definitely wanting to to get one over Albion Park this year as well. And I believe this is the year to do it too. So, um, you know, finishing second on, on head-to-head, it's probably not the best way to end your season. So they'll be wanting to end their season with a grand final win. And, and they've got the form to, you know, back it up. As you said, 14 goals in the last in their last two games is, is pretty impressive, as well as 48 goals scored for the season, which is the league's best. And only conceding nine is also a league's best. 
um, yeah, they're definitely going to be the ones to watch heading into this final series as well. And looking at their opponents, Wununa here, uh, they have finished the season with back-to-back victories, making it three wins in their last five games. Uh, in terms of the Sharks this year, Nathan, they, they do finish uh, in third position and they, they have had a pretty good season. They, they were, you know, fighting in and around the top of the league for, for a period there. How do you think their approach to this game is going to be? I mean, they started the season pretty strongly as well, just like an, another team similar to Thoreau. And um, they, they did pick up a few wins early in the season, including that 2-1 win over Albion Park and then also a 2-1 win over University too. So they can definitely compete with the top sides as we've seen because they've, they've given both the top two sides that are lost this year, which is, you know, pretty impressive given, you know, the circumstances of the competition because um, they were still five points away from the top, which isn't too far, but, you know, um, it's, it's pretty impressive for the Sharks. And they did hit a slump of form towards the end of the season. They went down to bottom-placed Fern Hill in round 12, 2-1, but they did back it up with back-to-back wins in the last two weeks um, against Kaiama and then against Wollongong United. And um, they'll definitely be looking at their sort of attacking qualities uh, going into this weekend as well, um, they'll be looking at, you know, Ainsley Halls up front and then also Kai Humphrey on the wing. And, and they've been very promising this year as well. So, um, yeah, it should be an interesting one uh, on Sunday afternoon. And I think I will actually say University to, to win this one. I just feel that their prolific goal-scoring form and the fact, of course, they missed out on that league championship last weekend. They're going to want to win this game here against Wunner and put themselves in prime position to try and take out the grand final, but what are you thinking in terms of a result here? Yeah, I might go the Sharks for this one, Tim. Um, I, I think that because they've done it before, um, gotten over university early in the season and they've gotten over Albion Park as well. They have the quality to get the job done and get the result and I, I believe that they can do it again this weekend. And that concludes the preview for the semi-finals of the Women's Division 1. Nathan, thank you for joining me again. No worries, Tim. Pleasure. That concludes the Football South Coast Weekly for this week. Make sure to follow Football South Coast on Twitter at FSC underscore official for live updates on the biggest matches across Illawarra football, as well as notifications regarding match reports, previews, reviews, and feature articles. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. My name is Timothy Gibson. Thank you for listening.